Hey, y'all. I'm Sam Sanders from NPR. It's been a minute. Happy New Year to you. I hope you are enjoying some collard greens and black-eyed peas. Uh, we took some time off the show this week for the holidays. So what we have for you today is a great episode to hear or rehear. Uh, it's a chat from 2017 with Jennifer Lewis. You might know Jennifer Lewis from Blackish. She plays the grandmother, Ruby Johnson, on that show. But this role is just the latest in her long, amazing career that has spanned decades on TV and in movies and on Broadway. We spoke about Jennifer Lewis's memoir. It's called The Mother of Black Hollywood. And it's called that because Jennifer has played the mother of basically every black actor in the biz. Uh, when Tupac was in Poetic Justice, Jennifer Lewis played his character's mom. I ain't got to be doing this post office forever. Don't be cussing around me, boy. Who you think I am, one of your friends? Be glad you got an honest job. When Whitney Houston was in The Preacher's Wife, she played her character's mom. All right, well, Mama, you can look at me from behind. Girl, don't be talking to me about your behind. I gave you that behind. (laughs) When Angela Bassett played Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It, yep, Jennifer played Tina's mom there, too. And, of course, along the way, she has worked with Janet Jackson and Denzel Washington. And you definitely know that she played Will Smith's Aunt Helen on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know how some men are animals in bed? Yes. (laughs) Well, I don't. (laughs) Anyway, when Jennifer Lewis and I sat down, we had a conversation that was wide-ranging and fun, but also touched on some adult themes. So parents out there listening might not be a good one to play if there are kids around. All right, here's me and Jennifer Lewis talking in New York City in 2017. For younger folks that might just be getting to know you through Blackish, mm-hmm. they might not know that you had a long career on Broadway. <laughs> yes, I did. What are all, You did so many shows. How, I did what are, You Be on Broadway with the Hines Brothers, uh, Coming Uptown with Gregory Hines. Um, and then Hairspray. Yeah, and you had a bunch of one-woman shows, yes, of and course. you had some cabaret acts. Yeah, so I, I've toured in concert all over the world. That's People amazing. don't know me as a singer, Yeah, but uh, they are now because yes. of the internet. Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, the thing with the Broadway stuff that mm-hmm. I loved, mm-hmm. you know, people forget, even if you weren't getting the role, you were paving the way. Yes. Like, you pretty much piloted Effie White for Dreamgirls. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. You made that role. Yes, I did. So much so that they still had to pay you once what's the oh, face yeah, got it yeah i well michael bennett was a genius he yeah. started this whole thing where uh you would workshop a production before yeah. you went into rehearsal for broadway and if you were part of that workshop even if you didn't get the role when it went to broadway you would be paid yeah you know a percentage and you were workshopping effie white absolutely for the play i was the, the... Uh, one of the original yeah. effie whites and they uh jennifer holiday was fired i was hired and then they hired her back honey let me tell you something <laughs> i could sing but nobody could sing like Jennifer yeah. Holiday. But so. I would love to, s- to hear you sing. I mean, oh, you could sing that song. Yeah, I could. You I could sing that song. Well, today I'd have to lower the key. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but no, I, I sang it a couple of times. Yeah. But usually it's just yeah. as a joke, you know. Yeah. I love how in the book, which we'll talk more about in length, mm-hmm. you talk about almost at many points in your career having too many talents. 
Yes. And folks were like, well, what are you? They are you a singer, a dancer, a comic? In those days, you had to be one thing. Yes. So they could market you and as you could a dance, singer. Yes. You could sing. Mm-hmm. You could do Broadway. You, I was like, funny. You, I was classically pretty. trained. Oh, my God. I was a classical actress. I had, yeah. I had my B.A. in theater mm-hmm. arts from Webster University, and I came to New York, shoulders back, first. <laughs> I was unafraid. I really did. Yes, My ma'am. first review uh-huh. in New York City, the headline mm-hmm. was Hurricane Lewis. Look it's at New York. I had been a hurricane all my life. Mm-hmm. And that was, of course, because I was bipolar and did not know it. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, the mania uh, mm-hmm. took control when you're on stage and when you're performing. It, you're heightened. Mm-hmm. And it's an extreme. Yeah. It is an unstoppable force, mania. And then, of course, the depression came with it also. And it was just as dramatic, just as intense. Mm. It's a very dangerous disease. And you didn't figure it out until no, later in life. How old were you when I you... Was, I was 32, I think, mm. when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And, of course, I didn't want to hear that. I'm oh, like, yeah. what are you? I've been crazy all my life. What are you talking about? No, what, you have a name for me. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm Jennifer Lewis. You're not going to take what my I do. edge. Exactly. You know? This makes no, this me This is me. what I do. Yeah. But, no, it, it had become dangerous, and it was, um, it was stopping me from what I wanted, what my dream was. Well, because you would write about having these fits of just crying, crying, crying nonstop, oh, yeah. not I being able to get up. I cried just... all the time. I stayed in bed under uh-huh. the covers. Um, I But when I fell apart at an audition for the uh, show 30-something, mm-hmm. I'll never forget, um, I just, I crumbled. And Peter Horton, scene. who was the director, he said, come on, Jennifer, you can do this. And I couldn't. And that's when I really knew I was in trouble. Something was wrong. Yeah. One of the things that you write about in the book is that that thing that was wrong would manifest itself in, um, well, how should I phrase it? You had a lot of sex. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a (laughs) sex addiction. Okay. You know, my drug of choice was sex. And thank God it was sex. And thank God, you know, I wasn't doing coke because you put that coke on top of that mania. Oh, Oh, it's over. So uh, when somebody asked somebody, how do you do it? They were passing around coke. And I said, how do you do it? He said, well, you just snorted. I said, well, then what happens? And he said, well, then you feel a drip down your throat. I said, my throat. I said, listen, fool, I have a matinee tomorrow. Ain't, I got to sing. Look, ain't going on my throat, you know, <laughs> but some rest so I can get that ovation tomorrow. Yeah. But here's the thing. The sex worked as, what can I tell you? The intensity in your depression mm-hmm. with that disease, with mm-hmm. this disease, bipolar disorder. The depression is as intense as the mania. Huh. So I used a gorgeous guy to have sex with uh-huh. to bring me down. Huh. It was the nightcap. It settled me. Well, ain't that the purpose of an orgasm? Let's, come on now, y'all. Come <laughs> on now. Let's keep it real in these streets. <laughs> but, of course, it was excessive in my case. Yeah. Well, and you write about having, like... Sometimes in one night, a few suitors. Well, okay. Were, that, hey, well, listen, I'm not okay. shaming you. Well, actually, there were five at one point, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I wasn't crazy, crazy. I mean, after all, I and had you were in control. Yeah, I admire yeah. like every time. Like it was on Honey, your terms. I chose. Yeah. Uh, where, when, how? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was a big old control freak. I didn't know it. Yeah. But I had to. When you are out of control mm-hmm. inside, mm-hmm. you create that world yeah. for yourself yeah 
And so you start to work with your therapist, Rachel. Mm-hmm. I went and got into therapy. Rachel sounds awesome. Yes, Rachel. Rachel was, gave honey, me some Rachel tough love. fabulous. <laughs> Rachel don't play, honey. You can imagine. You know, you know she went to her shrink right after my session. <laughs> now, you know damn well she planned her session right after well, me, honey. Because I came in the yeah. Hurricane Lewis. Yeah. You know, but I... Um, I tell people you have to have patience. Well, because you, know, you write about yeah. how it, it wasn't just like you got the diagnosis and then yeah. things were great. It no. was a process. Talk Absolutely. about that process. Well, first of all, I had to get there. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go because you're dealing with those deep, dark secrets. Mm. And I, of course, since then, I've come to the conclusion that we are as sick as our secrets. Yeah, you're you right. Know, that. There's no shame in my game, baby. I tell it all. This book, I lay it on the slab. I lay it on the slab. Yeah, you I did it. You named names. I did it. You named names. There what was I, one point I was like, what John I, Voight, that's right. Girl. Would I do it again? I most certainly will. <laughs> yeah, uh, John Voight and I had, you know, a one night stand. It was wonderful. It, it look, he was a gentleman. <laughs> yes. He was. He was. You know, we talked. We. Went on a handsome carriage ride yeah. through Central Park. We met up at Studio 54. I love it. And it, you know, what can I tell you? I had my midnight cowboy. Hey! <laughs> I, I got you on track. We're talking about your treatment <laughs> and that okay. process. Uh, walk us through briefly those steps to being diagnosed to, you know, okay, working well, on it. Well, I found out, of course, she diagnosed me. And I didn't pay any attention to it, you yeah. know. But I started reading about it. Mm-hmm. And I had all of the symptoms, so mm. I could not deny it. Yeah. And I went to a health spa. Okay. And, you know, it's wheat grass and every functional hole in your body, you know, grass, 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 <laughs> you know, sprouts and grass. Uh-huh. So when I left there, I was like, I don't need medication. Mm. I'm fine. Oops. Mm-hmm. Can't get off of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a nervous breakdown, literally, oh, when I was filming The Temptations. I crumbled. Oh, man. It was the dark night of the soul. And I called my therapist, Rachel, and mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm yeah. sick. I'm sick. Okay. And will you... Yeah. Will you please help me? Yeah. And those are the hardest words in the world to say. Well, because you're, you're, you're being so vulnerable in mm-hmm. that moment. And because so much of your persona that you had built... From yeah, I was childhood. the diva. You, oh, honey, and tough and strong. And, that was yes. a mask. Uh. And but there were the, the tears of a clown. Uh. I was the class clown. I was the president. I was the captain of the. You were like class president for how many years? From seventh grade through twelfth. <laughs> yeah. And when I got when I became a senior, I only won by one one, one vote. vote. Ooh, honey, I cussed them out. <laughs> I said, "Where is the loyalty up in here?" Yeah. But um, but yeah, the, the strength, you know, you had to kind of crack that shell. I was an alpha female, and yes. I I had to put up a steel wall mm-hmm. because I was so vulnerable. Yeah. And uh, I wrote a show called "The Diva Is Dismissed." Uh-huh. That helped me take that mask off. Yeah. And be vulnerable. Yeah. And be human. So this book is called The Mother of Black Hollywood, uh, in large part because you've played a lot of mother Oh, roles. my God. Tupac Shakur, Whitney Houston. Uh, who else? Uh, oh, my God. Taraji P. Henson's mother. Um, oh, my God. I can't even think of all You were them. the mother in What's Love Got to Do. That's it, right, right. Tina Turner. And you were, what were you in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? You I was on Aunt Helen. Yes, yes, <laughs> Everybody yes. loves on Helen. Helen. Oh, my God. Yeah. You did so much. Um... I'm sure you must have. What was the favorite mother role? 
What's Love Got to Do with It? Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The Tina Turner uh, biopic. Uh, because, I, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. I had fallen in love right before the movie. With who? Oh, well, he was a young, well, he was an Armenian guy. He was gorgeous. He looked like Richard Gere, and he was, well, he just you. loved me. No name. His name yeah. was, I don't even know. It. It's, it's yeah, I know good. his name, but we don't need to call it does, his name. You're right. You're right. Don't he, call you him know, That's over. Yes. He's married with children, but that's who it was, and I was in love. And when you're in love, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of fear in you. Yeah, yeah. There's no room for it in your yeah. heart and soul. Yeah. So when I arrived on the first day of shooting What's Love Got to Do With It, it was two big Zelma Bullock scenes. Huh. So I walked in and the house was Zelma's house, uh-huh. all the cable and the cameras, and I stood there. I was like, because it was my first big role uh-huh. in a movie. Yeah. And I stood there and I went, wow, <laughs> this is all for me. Yeah. And I knew I had a big responsibility to deliver a great performance. And you did. And because Elma Bullock, Tina Turner's mama, was from St. Louis, hey, you felt that I role. gathered up my yes. aunts and my own mother, honey. I created Zelma. And you yes. know, I met her years later. Really? Tina Turner's yes, mother yes, yes, in yes. a in health a grocery store. store. Yeah. And she hugged me and she pulled back from me and she said, in that Tina, she, oh my God, Tina looks just like her. Really? And she had Tina's form. She was very fit for, yeah. for a woman of her age. Yeah. And she hugged me. She said, and I understood this because she was from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. She said, I wanted to be so dressed up when I met you. Oh, that's the sweetest thing that in the is. world. That oh my is. God, I love it's that. So sweet. I love that. I, so there's so many great stories in this book, mm-hmm. but I want you, for our listeners, to talk about the time you uh, got yourself onto the floor of the DNC in Denver to see <laughs> Barack Obama receive a nomination from oh the Democratic Party to be president. Well, they got me a ticket, and it was on the top row. Behind Obama, behind the podium. And you were like, we can't do oh, that. Oh, honey, I started carrying on. I was like, oh, not on this day. But even before that, you well, were was, outside in line. But I was doing hairspray uh-huh. in uh, on Broadway. Yeah. Playing Motor Mouth, Mabel. It was written by my good friend Scott Whitman and, uh-huh. and Mark Shaman. They did the music and lyrics. And um, I told hairspray, I said, honey, a black man is about to accept the nomination to run for president of the United States, and I am going. So yeah. get my understudy. So <laughs> I flew up there. I stayed with a friend. You couldn't get a hotel yeah. room. And I left early because I know when it's that me, honey, yeah, it's I'm in the up. theater. I know yeah. to get there. So it was so fun. I got off the bus, and 40,000 people were in line to get into that stadium. And this uh, very beautiful woman um uh, she said, Lana Hawkins, which was my name in the TV show, uh, Strong, Strong Medicine, Medicine. Yeah. on Lifetime Television yeah. for Women. And I, oh, I was like, Merry Christmas. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Somebody knew me. I knew somebody was going to get me in. Yeah. Thank God I was famous. Oh, yeah. my God. I was so happy. But first you so, had to skip the line. Yes, I had to skip the line, honey. And I walked. She said, the only way I can get you across this parking lot, baby, is I got to put you in a wheelchair. So, honey, <laughs> I start sliding my right foot like Igor, you know, Dracula's assistant. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, honey. I put on a performance <laughs> and I had to go through security. I kept telling I'm with the Jesse Jackson people. I just told any at one point, of. you said that you were Michelle Obama's best yes, friend from college. Yes, I said, oh, darling. He said, ma'am, are you a delegate? 
because I'd sat in the wrong section. Because at that point, uh, yeah. you're like on the floor, right, like the in floor, the heat child. of the action. And I, oh, my God. And he said, ma'am, are you a delegate? I said, oh, yes. I'm one of Michelle Obama's old college friends. <laughs> Lying through my teeth. <laughs> and he looked at me like, I ain't seen you in none of the parties. I said, oh, my God. He's gonna <laughs> so I saw Jesse Jackson Jr. on the front row. Yes. And he was being a politician, shaking people's hands. And I touched him on the shoulder. And he turned around. And before I could say anything, he was like, my favorite actress. And yeah. he said, it's so good to see you. I said, Jesse, they're getting ready to throw me out because I sneaked down here. Yeah. And he, went, he pulled me back by my shoulder, looked me in my eyes. He said, no, they're not. Sit down. And look at that. Oh, my God. So there I was. Yeah. Ten feet. Wow. Right in front of him in the Illinois section oh between Jesse Jackson Jr. and Spike Lee what? watching the greatest speech. Did you think it would have, you know, to see that happen in 08, you grew up in a very different America. Mm-hmm. Did you did you believe that it could happen? You know, you want the truth? Yeah. I voted for Hillary because I didn't want my vote to be wasted. This is the first time I'm admitting this. Okay. I thought in myself, there's no way. A lot of they folks will, thought that. They will elect a black man with that as name. President of the United States. Obama? No. Now, I loved him, but I wanted Hillary. Yeah. Now, and here's how that ended. When I was at Oprah's house, uh-huh. I went up behind Michelle. Uh-huh. And you know, she turned around, mm-hmm. looked down, because I'm so short. <laughs> and the first word she says to me, you make us laugh. <gasps> Look at that. Oh, Look that she that. even knew who I was. It was just so wonderful. Yeah. So when she embraced me, mm-hmm. I whispered in her ear. I said, you know, black people don't like me. Mm. They love me. <laughs> so put me on the front line for Barack Obama. And wow. she looked at me and she said, I'm going to hold you to it. Wow. And baby, I got, I was blessed to meet him at a Christmas party at the White House. And you want to know what he said to what me? What did he say? Okay, okay, here's what Obama <laughs> said. And I'm going to try to do it. Okay. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, he said, Oh, she plays everybody's mama. <laughs> and sometimes the mean mama. <laughs> and then he looked around the room. He said, But look at her. She's sweet. Oh, my God. She's sweet. And somebody captured that moment. Oh, I love it. I'm telling you, I've never seen my body language. I look like a 15-year-old girl. What were you doing? Gushing. (laughs) I just couldn't believe I was looking into his eyes. And I was there at the inauguration, too. Good on you. I couldn't put every story in the book. Yes. But it was similar to the convention. All right, time for a break. We are talking with the legendary actress Jennifer Lewis. She has a new book out. It's called The Mother of Black Hollywood. After the break, uh, we'll talk more about Jennifer's small-town dreams in Kinlock, Missouri, where she grew up, and how she never stopped believing that she could make it big in the Big Apple. BRB. This message comes from NPR sponsor, You Need a Budget. If you've spent years in debt, if you feel like you make too much money to have nothing to show for it, if you're tired of always being stressed about money, you need a budget. Their app and proven four-rule method have taught hundreds of thousands of people to gain total control of their money, get out of debt, and save more money faster. Find out why users call it life-changing. Try it free at youneedabudget.com. 
If you love this show, then check out Life Kit, tools to help you get it together. Learn everything from how to invest your money to how to make time for exercise and have fun while you're doing it. Check it out in Apple Podcasts or at npr.org slash lifekit. Let's talk about your upbringing. You were one of seven children, Mm -hmm. grew up like literally dirt poor, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. taking stuff to an an outhouse, taking the pail of whatever outside. Absolutely. Um, How did growing up where you did uh, in a segregated town outside of St. Louis, Mm -hmm. that poor, how did it affect the artist you are today and make you who you are? I can feel a a lot of the church in everything that you do. Oh, yes, absolutely. My mother was a great woman. Yeah. She worked two, three jobs to feed all seven of us. I was the baby. So by the time I came along, honey, she was exhausted. She was 26 with her seventh child. Oh, my goodness. And she was like, you go tell your big sister. Mm -hmm. So I was starved for attention. Mm. She had time to feed us, clothe us, keep a roof over us. And that was all she could do. But there was no time for affection. And she was kind of a tough woman. Yeah, she was tough, honey. Oh, she told us, she said, one of y'all land in jail, I'll leave you there. Okay. And when, like I said, when my mother said something, you listened. Mm-hmm. But she also instilled work ethics in us. My mother got off welfare purposefully. Yeah. She didn't want nobody coming to her door and asking her for yeah. this and that and then telling her how to live. Uh-huh. And then, like, she eventually you saved a scrubbing floors she mm-hmm. saved up enough money to buy a house for y'all that's right we got a new house Ooh, we were so happy we were running through the house we had more <laughs> than one bathroom we had running water you know and she took the stairs hmm. that's where i learned how to take the stairs yeah. to be patient for what it is yeah. that you want yeah and i admire her for it i admire her for it and you know it's clear that you love her, mm-hmm. but you also had to acknowledge some of the negative traits Absolutely. that you saw in her were in Absolutely. you. Talk about that and how you reconcile that. I most certainly will. I uh, was molested by the pastor of my church when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and my mother was in love with him. And um, I ran in the house. I told her. I could see clearly see she was angry, yeah. and she attempted to have a conversation about it. Uh-huh. But you know, she didn't want. She you. couldn't. So she and, didn't confront him. And about then it. we we. Oh no, she confronted him. Okay. But then we never talked about it. Uh. See, so I was left with it. Yeah. And we never discussed it again. So, she wasn't the type of woman that would sit down and talk yeah. about things. She just kept moving through life. Yeah. It was another time, another generation. Oh yeah. Only five generations. Suck it up, you move on. Five generations from slavery, child. Yeah. We yeah. had to eat. My yeah. mother had to make sure we had food, Yeah, you see. So um, I confronted him years later. Uh, you called him up. and um, I also confronted her in a letter. And years later, you know, it was rough times to yeah. do that. We talked through it. And, you know, you can only go so far. I'd had a lot of therapy. She hadn't. Yeah. You know, so, but she did acknowledge it. Did she, you, did, yeah. she did apologize. Did you forgive her? Oh, God, yes. I don't know that I even like that word that I forgave her. Why? Let's just put it like this. I became forgiving in my own soul. And it's an active thing. Because, honey, let's face it. When somebody hurts you that bad, you don't forget that Yeah. But I became a forgiving person. Let's put it like that. Now, him, 
he also apologized. And you sure did call him out in that book. I sure By did. name. The name yes. of that chapter. Yeah. And I know you will bleep it. But when I called him, it was like, hello, Jennifer. Oh, we've seen you on television. We're so proud of you. I called. I said, it ain't that kind of call. My I sure said it. Yes. And I said, you hang up this phone. I'll fly back to St. Louis and I'll blow that pathetic little storefront church of yours. I'll blow it up. Wow. I was so mad. But I got, I felt so free after I confronted him. And I want to say to everybody out there. Yeah. Nobody has a right to touch you or emotionally abuse you. Yeah. So you tell and don't let that suffocate you in your life and you sitting somewhere eating yourself to death or crying yourself to death. Yeah. You're worthy of a good life. Yeah. And guess who I had to be forgiving of? Hmm. Myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know? What does that process feel like? Because the hardest part must be forgiving yourself. I will tell you one thing. It's hard. Yeah. And it's a process. It doesn't come overnight. Yeah. I wanted to do it because I wanted to, I wanted to see on my face what was on everybody else's face, which was laughter and a smile. Because yeah. when I left, I don't leave a room unless I leave them laughing. There you go. <laughs> so I wanted to laugh and yeah. I wanted to smile. I didn't want to be depressed all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. when I was untreated bipolar. Yeah. So I worked hard. I worked hard. Time for one more break. When we come back, how Jennifer discovered her love of performing at church in Missouri. It includes some singing. Stick around for that BRB. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. In 1980, with a few thousand dollars and used dairy equipment, Ken Grossman founded Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Ken's award-winning ales propelled him from home brewer to craft brewer. Today, Ken and his family still own 100% of the company, one of the most successful independent craft breweries in America. More at SierraNevada.com. Hey, this is Guy Raz, and on the next TED Radio Hour, stories of remarkable transformations in the face of extraordinary circumstances. I often forget that my limbs are synthetic. That's how well they work. You can find the TED Radio Hour wherever you listen to podcasts. So let's go back to you being a kid and performing in front of an audience for the first time. You describe your five-year-old self mm -hmm. in church in Kenlock, yes. Missouri, and you wanted to sing and you wanted to sing and you mm -hmm. begged them and they finally let you sing. Mm -hmm. And you describe your full diva-ness. Yes. At five years old. What was, was the song you sang? It was called, Oh Lord, uh -huh. You've Brought Me a Mighty Long Way. And you talk about... And I was five. Wearing that That's back, right, honey. I did a back bend. I snatched the, the, the church fan from the usher <laughs> fan myself. I was so dramatic coming down that aisle because you had to walk down the aisle oh, yeah, to get to, to the get squire to the, stand, yes. which represented the ship that would cross the River Jordan. How long was your walk? Oh, well, I stretched it out to about five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Can you sing a bit of the song? Oh, Lord, you brought me a mighty long way. I endorse that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was doing all that screaming. It was like, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. You brought me, Lord. You so know. you knew then. Yes, You knew you had the bug then. When I saw the reaction of the congregation, yeah. it washed over me like a tsunami. Yeah. A tsunami of love. And honey... I put my thumb in my mouth, my eyes crossed. I went back to my seat in the choir stand, and I was thinking, That's it. this is life. And I never looked back. Yeah. I want to talk about Blackish. Hey, Blackish. That show is so good. Oh, my God. You want to talk about a cherry on hmm. the top of my career? Huh. Wow. Yeah. They're addressing all the modern day issues. Yeah. To push these boundaries. ABC, I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of Disney. They're allowing it to manifest, to help. We need these conversations now. The police brutality, the N-word, depression. Yeah, yeah deal with you know, it all. Kenya Barris, the creator of Blackish, is a genius. The cast is amazing. Anthony, my, my chemistry with him, we are just damn fools together, Anthony <laughs> Anderson and I. Tracy Ellis Ross. You knew her Ruby. from Girlfriends, oh, Yes, we did right? Girlfriends together. Yeah. Uh, our uh, Ruby and the Rainbow um, you hate relationship Rainbow on that is show. Uh, it's just we have so much fun. <laughs> uh, we come in there and laugh, and then yeah. we have to go at each other. Yeah. The children are great. So good. Uh, and I describe working with Lawrence Fishburne in the book. I tell everybody they say oh my god how is it working with Lawrence Fishburne I say honey is ice cream cotton candy and Christmas morning hey <laughs> that sounds good yeah so your character Ruby mm-hmm. how would you describe her Ruby is sassy yeah she's a hot mess <laughs> she's got a good heart though and she loves those and kids and that's why everybody loves her she yeah. loves her grandbabies you know she just went through a lot in her life too come on she done shot her husband <laughs> She done drove the car through, cause done scammed her son. You know, she done she got scammed, and you find out she was a scammer, and then she scams her son. It, it, What's the scene where you 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 you're trying to scam on the street as Ruby? Uh, you're like a veteran we, who no, can't walk. No, we redid walk. Uh, Eddie Murphy scene in Trading Places, yes. where he's begging for money on the streets, pretending he can't walk. The policemen pick him up, and his legs come down to the ground. And he says, it's "I'm hysterical. healed." Yeah, I'm healed. Black Jesus, Black Jesus. You know she's constantly calling Black Jesus, but everybody loves I love uh, Ruby, yeah. and I'm having the time of my life playing yeah. her. You write in the book though that so they asked for you personally to play this role, mm-hmm. but yes. that you, your first day mm-hmm. on set, you write that you were kind of terrified. Oh my Why? God, I was so nervous. Why? Well, I had just come off vacation and okay. I had eaten so many desserts. <laughs> but the way you describe that fear the first time on that set. How'd you get over it? Well, I trusted what I had done all my life. Yeah. Which was to make people laugh. And you did. And when I delivered that first line. What was the first line? Oh, I I can't remember what it was, but whatever it was. It worked. Everybody broke into laughter and all of my fear went away. And the show has this unique role in the culture right now because like you said it's not just a comedy show Mm -hmm. they're teaching people things it's the magic of the writers yeah the writers are the stars of blackish when we get those scripts we're excited we're we're getting we're getting ready to do something that's going to make a difference and not only make a difference but it's going to make people laugh yeah it's going to make them think yeah it's going to it's going to pull out it's going to make conversation around the dinner table yeah Yeah. but the thing is is that um i am honored to be on blackish like i said i can't say it enough it's a cherry on the top of a very long career so then if this is the cherry Mm -hmm. 
What's next? All right, something's brewing. I can't, (laughs) I swear to you, Sam, I can't announce it yet. But something really big is brewing. I'm excited for it. Yes, I'm excited too. I'm so excited. And I, you know, I don't announce things, honey, until that contract is signed. (laughs) Because in this business, it comes and it goes. It goes and it comes. Yeah. Well,. I, I want to thank you for sharing your story in the book and sharing it here with me now. And I want you, last question, how is your art different and your work different now that you've gone through this process of being vulnerable? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm free. All of your mental health. You're free. What does that mean? Can, well, let's just say it like this. Yeah. I'm not scared of too many things. I like that. I'm like, bring it, bitch. <laughs> let's talk through it. Let's work through it. Yeah. Or you go your way and I'll go yeah. mine. Because I don't go in for stress. I'm 60 years old, baby. I got about 35 more summers left. Mm-hmm. You don't get it mm-hmm. if you're coming yeah. in a negative way. I don't have time for it anymore. Yeah. I have a beautiful life now. I'm knocking on wood. Yeah. And I'm very grateful. You know, I lived the American dream. You did. I went from a poor little girl in Kinlock, Missouri. Yeah. And now, 70 and movies you. later. That's right. Come on, Okay, that was the original diva, Miss Jennifer Lewis. Her new memoir is called The Mother of Black Hollywood. It's out now. Put it on your must-read list pronto. She spills all the tea. There is so much in there. I loved, loved, loved this book. Also, uh, thanks to Jennifer for calling up my Aunt Betty. Hey, Betty. A friend wants to say hi to you really quick. Okay. Hey, Betty, this is Jennifer Lewis. How you doing, baby? Oh, my God. <laughs> Girl, no, no, somebody else sounds like me. Now, you know damn well it's me, ain't no other voice coming at you like this. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. We'll be back in your feeds on Friday with our weekly wrap on the news. A reminder to all of you, send me the best thing that happened to you this week. Email me at samsanders at npr.org and do not forget to brag. All right, thank you for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon. <laughs> 